Welcome to the Lead Generation Strategies Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Myers. This podcast is brought to you by LeadGenerationSEOServices.com, and that's an S at the end of services, and in Fuego Media. We get clients, more customers, patients, clients by creating multimedia content using a mix of AI, artificial intelligence, software automation, fantastic writers, and then distribute that content to over 400 partnership sites, over 200 of those being media sites like Fox, ABC, and NBC affiliates. Uh, traffic and rankings can be seen within 48 hours after publishing. So today I want to welcome Mr. Simon Chan. He is the author of the new book, The Consistency Pill, The Seven-Step System to Increase Sales and Transform Your Business. And what's most impressive, uh, because I am an Amazon bestselling author myself in the baseball coaching niche, um, is his 146, I think he published, what, June 2022, Simon? Yeah. Yeah. This year in June, 146 Amazon reviews with an average rating of, get this, 4.8. So I've got combined two editions uh, of my book, uh, over 200 something reviews, but my 4.6. So he's, he's on the, and, and this is just his first year. Um, so Simon is based out of Los Angeles, California, Los Angeles area, right, Simon? Yes. Yep. So thank you for joining us. Congrats on the new book and welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me here, Joey. It's an honor. I appreciate the, appreciate it. It's going to be fun. Yep. You got it, dude. Well, hey, we're going to be talking consistency today. It's a little different in this podcast episode. Typically, I'll interview real estate professionals, you know, maybe dental offices, uh, uh, owners, just business owners, uh, e-com. I mean, you're a business owner. But this is a, an interview where I wanted to bring on an expert in and today on consistency, on the practice of consistency, the mental side, the physical side, all that kind of thing for those people that I typically tend to interview. So if those people are listening, um, say real estate agents or real estate owners, uh, brokers, companies, that uh, these tips and tricks and advice that Simon's going to share today will, will help with that. So Simon, share with everybody, um, give, give a little background about your business experience. Yeah, I was a uh, shy, born and raised shy, quiet Asian kid from Brooklyn, New York, and um, taught you know the traditional, very stereotypical uh, Asian way, study hard, study hard, get a good job, and uh, go be a doctor. My dad was kind of like a rags to riches, grew up really poor in Hong Kong in the ghetto, uh, became a doctor, and I was always the richest kid in the public school. And uh, But I never knew anything about business. I think my dad grew up uh, he, five, I think, with five siblings in the tiny two-bedroom, including him, total of six kids, in a tiny two-bedroom house. Bottom was the hardware store, and he lived at the top. And I think he saw a lot of negative stuff, unethical stuff going on, whatever he saw. But he always pushed me, like, don't do business. Go get an education, right? Uh, business people are bad. It's scammy. So I had that mindset. And so I studied, you know, uh, went to school, got a job. It was a great job. It was low-paying, but I was happy. I thought my life was going to be work 30 years and climb the corporate ladder, get a nice corner office, good perks. And then I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That totally uh, changed my paradigm. I was like, I never knew that this is what businesses do. And, and I learned the concept of passive income, residual income. And that just blew my mind away. And so I just like, hey, I, I can't live my life anymore. I got to do this. Because my dad, you know, you know, we talked about baseball the last time we talked, right? I always grew up, my dream was to be a, base, a baseball player, play for the New York Yankees as a kid. Uh, but my dad never had much time. You know, I love him. I'm grateful for what he did. He was always busy at his practice, clinic. But 
residual income. So money wasn't, wasn't the goal. It was like having time, time freedom, right? Because that's what my dad didn't have. I think that's the life I want. I don't want to work in a corporate office anymore. So that got me looking for different businesses. I had no business experience, nothing. I was only an employee mindset. And so I got involved. To make a long story short, I got into direct selling, network marketing. Um, there's a, you know, some people, there's a bad perception about it. But the more I researched about it, I realized, hey, there is just like an in industry. There's a lot of good. And there's also a lot of bad, right? And I looked at the good. And for me at that point, I didn't have much money. Uh, and I was in my 20s. And there's a good way for someone with no business experience to really learn sales and marketing and build a following, build an influence, learn to lead generation and really grow business. And eventually that can lead to other things. So basically I jumped in, I struggled, I had no success whatsoever. My turning point uh, after a couple of months of struggle was I finally had a mentor that forced me to stay consistent. And once I started becoming consistent, the sales became a lot easier reaching out. I mean, I always joke my first, when I first started making a sales call, I was, in my parents' house, visiting them in New York, I would make the calls in like a tiny den because I didn't want my mom to listen to me making sales calls. And I would just go out there, go to the computer, grab a couple of numbers, run back. But eventually, you know, consistency creates mastery, right? There's, there's a saying, every master was a disaster. I was a total disaster. The key is to getting started. I started getting some results. And then back in 2004, because I moved to LA, I didn't know many, I'm not like a party go outgoing type of person. I didn't know many friends. And in network marketing, you need to have a lot of contacts, right? To go what we call leads. So I said, you know, I'm not the person to go out to, get, you know, social net gatherings or be, uh, be business networking functions or BNI or meetups to meet people. Um, why don't I start generating leads online? So that's how I got into online advertising, online marketing um, back in basically the mid 2004, that time doing uh, Yahoo, no, actually start doing Overture before Yahoo bought them out, then Yahoo, pay-per-click, then Google AdWords, AdSense, and then eventually build a seven-figure network marketing business um, yeah, using online advertising. And then in 2013, I had like a different purpose. I made a switch. I realized a lot of people in my niche actually asked me for help. And so I launched a second business. I still have a business that pays me a six-figure residual, my network marketing business. And in 2013, I went full-time. Uh, to launch what I currently do now. I'm a full-time coach for people in the direct selling profession. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. We, we share very similar backgrounds, but just different areas. And, you know, um, one of them is baseball. We, we love baseball. We play baseball. Your, your uh, oldest is, is a, is a ringer is turning out to be a ringer. And we had that conversation before we went on. And I, there's another podcast that I have on that, on, on hitting stuff. We aren't talking, we aren't here for that uh, today, but I was similar. My, my, both my family worked, eight to five. And we were, we were probably more you know, lower middle class, middle class, upper class later on, uh, or middle class, uh, mostly solid middle class. And I read Rich Dad Poor Dad was the same paradigm shift for me as well. So we have a very, very similar past there. Um, what's interesting is you, you talk about the network marketing business and, and everybody I'm sure has had some sort of a touch on that. Like you said, there's bad connotations and there's, there's also good with it uh, that people have to remember. And that was one of the things, a couple of the touches that I had with that was how can I do this online? Like, how can I, instead of making all the phone calls or uh, getting people on Facebook, I know you mentioned that in your book too. You had some, as a coach, you know, you had some of these, these um, students that were learning from you and things like that. And they were asking about Facebook and it's not working, it's not working. And then you talked about the consistency, which we'll get into. Um, but what were some of the things, so you did ad spend 
And you were, where were you sending them? You were sending them to a landing page that was to get what? Well, um, at that time in the early 2000s, there was a couple of authors like Robbie Kiyosaki was one of them. Huh? I, I thought about, you know, who will be open to network marketing, right? Because most of my friends, I figured none of them want to do it. I mean, they joined to support me, but it's like the problem network marketing, people end up talking to the same people. There's no leads, in mm -hmm. other words. By the way, at that time, I didn't even know what a lead was. <laughs> no idea what a lead. So what's a lead? <laughs> so, so I found out because some people were buying leads. So what's buying? So buying leads, you're just buying names. And yeah, so I bought leads. I signed up a couple of leads, but they were terrible. They were all like enticed, right? So if you don't know what enticed means, these lead generation, I don't want to badmouth any lead generation companies, but the, at least the ones I experienced were, you know, uh, this person was interested in work at home. So I was like excited. Wow, this person's going to join. I call them up and they're like, what? Uh, oh, no, I just signed them up because I wanted the $25 Applebee coupon. <laughs> so then I figured out, like, I see these ads online. Hey, you get a free meal on Applebee. And you click it and you fill out a survey. And if they ask you, do you, want a new, do, you, do you want to refinance your home? Yes. Do you want to work from home, extra income? Yes. And all of a sudden, that person is a lead for a mortgage broker and also uh, work at home. Network marketing. Yeah, I'm like I'm paid. I pay five bucks for that, and generally there's a whole bunch of things like you know get a new car loan, whatever. So by the time I call them, like five other people have called them already. They're not even picking up my call. So I was like, wait, there's got to be a better way to generate leads, right? So thinking about how do I get involved? I was like, well, if someone read Rich Dad Poor Dad with someone like you, you're definitely more open to doing something on the side. You want to, and network marketing gives you passive income, residual income. You'll be more way more open than someone doesn't know the concept. So what I did was I targeted. At that time, uh, there's a couple of authors like you know, Robert Kiyosaki, he wrote a couple of books, Cash Flow Quadrant, Robert Allen wrote the multiple streams of income, David Bach, Thomas Stanley wrote the millionaire next door. I think if anyone read these books, they'll be probably open to doing something because they're into personal finance, right? right? And network marketing is a great way. So I started uh, running AdWords where if someone did the search, and at that time, Robert G. Allen, who's a close friend and a great mentor of mine, we ended up working together later on was he wrote a great book of multiple streams of income, which is like a New York Times bestseller. He always wrote the book One Minute Millionaire. So he was on talk radio shows, talk shows everywhere. And every time he was on air, people would Google him. And then I would have an ad pop up. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, take a look at one passive income is the easiest way. And Robert Allen actually taught in his book, Multiple Streams of Income, talks about for the average person with no business experience, business experience, network marketing is a great way. So every time someone pop in these authors, my ad will pop up, we'll go to the landing page. And on the landing page, it was back back then, this is early 2000s. You didn't even really need a lead. We did have a lead magnet. There was so, some of them were so cheesy. Some of them were directly into like, want to earn extra income, fill out the form and someone will contact you, mm -hmm. right? Because I didn't even know what a lead magnet was. Right. So we just right. got phone numbers and, and that time people were willing to give phone numbers back then. So I'll call them. And then I remember talking about why consistency in, uh, is, creates mastery. Every master was a disaster. First time I did pay-per-click, I spent $100. I still remember the guy's name, Michael Lee from Houston. I call, I'm so excited. Wow, I finally got my own lead. I finally, you know, when I email inbox, finally one comes in. I spent $100, got one lead. I called the guy, say, Michael, this is Simon. Following up with you, you were interested to work, uh, earn an extra income stream from home. And the guy's like, I'm not interested anymore. Don't call me back. Hang up. Like, that was a hundred bucks. But you know what? It's like every mass is a disaster. It's like in mm -hmm. sports. You stay in the batting cage, you hit, you eventually get good, right? I started taking courses, went to seminars. Um, and then I spent $500, got 10 leads. So I was like, all right, now instead of like, you know, $100 lead, the $50 lead, eventually I got good enough where the leads were 
at most $3, sometimes like 25 cents. Mm -hmm. And I started, build, started building people, uh, building a team like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's uh, great advice. And, and I'm thinking... Uh, about the realtors and things. Cause I, I was on a podcast. Typically realtors are more, they're more extroverts, not all of them, but they're more extroverts because they like to talk with people. They want to jump on the phone. They, you know, it's, it's more like yourself or myself. Uh, you want to get in front of somebody, but there are some, I was on a podcast where it was, it was catering to real estate agents that were introverted. So one of the things me coming on as the marketing guy and, and giving some advice is what can introverted real estate agents do to get leads. And I, and I know the ads thing isn't a big, um, you know, some people don't have that extra money to be able to throw into to ads now. It's like Google uh, AdWords or Facebook or anything like that. Um, you mentioned in a, in a prior conversation content um, that you do a lot of content stuff in the content marketing business, basically. Yeah. Um, wh what, what kind of advice would you have for those introverts that are salespeople happen to be in a sales position uh, on the consistency side of things, maybe top, top two, um, as your advice for those, yeah, for those well, type of folks? Well, uh, I just want to bring one thing. I just thought of something that maybe could apply to people who, who do real estate. So, because you have a lot of agents that listen to this, right? Yeah. So, if you start doing a search term like real estate, yeah, it's going to be a cost of whatever, you know, a gazillion dollars per click, right? right? right. But think about the people. Like, for example, I live in a high end area in Los Angeles, right? If you so, if you sell houses in a high end area, what, and this is exactly for network marketing, we're talking big dreamers. What do these big dreamers do? Right. People in my area, they look, they're thinking of, you know, what type of magazines or journals and stuff do they consume? Mm -hmm. Right. So, for example, let me just share with network marketing. Big dreamers, they normally reading like the Rob Report about luxury yachts, you know, uh, million dollar homes. Right. Um, so Architectural Digest, they're reading these high end magazines. So think about it, if you so, so for example, if you're selling a home in my area, people in my area are into that type of stuff, mm -hmm. making the houses nice or buying big boats or whatever. Right. You can a lot of times, you, if you do a search term for real estate, yeah, it's going to cost a lot of money. But if you just do a search term for like a Rob Report or a luxury yacht, the, 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 the cost per click is probably way, way lower for those terms. And then, you can, and then you can target them, right? You can advertise them. Now, in terms of content, nowadays, it's more important than ever. If anyone ever, like especially you're a stranger, no one knows about you, the first thing people do, they look you up online. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you don't have content online, you're almost like, I don't trust that person anymore because it's like the con you have to put out content minimum. And so let me take you back a couple of years ago. And this is a couple of years. Like um, I moved out to, I still had a, a passive income property in New Jersey and I wanted to sell it because I wanted to actually use the money to buy something else in LA. So, but I'm in LA. I've been actually living in LA for 12, 13 years. I kind of don't have as many real estate contacts in, in the Jersey city area. So what I did, I just Googled and there's a whole bunch of agents up there, but you know what, you know who I chose? I found one guy. He's the only guy who had videos on talking about how to maximize your property in Jersey city. Hmm. Whole bunch of instruction videos. Now they weren't fancy. There wasn't a studio. It was just him in the probably in his living room sharing tips, quick five, six minute videos. And I watched two of them. I thought, all right. You know, he, he didn't have the fancy website. This guy got me. I reached out to him and he stole my place. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, the, the advantage that he had over me is he had content. And I can tell that he knew what he was talking about. So today in 2022, you got to post content consistently. Right. Think about whatever niche you have in. You can be the shyest person. You know a lot about, just you're a real estate agent, you're shy. You know a lot about the housing market in your area. 
talk about that. Talk about, for example, right now, especially there's so much news of whatever's happening to the stock market. How is that affecting prices of homes? There's so many things to talk about, but it's the important thing is you have to create some type of content, share or teach. And, you know, a lot of times we think content has got to be a dancing video or something funny, mm -hmm. but just teach, teach all you know. Hey, well, you may say, well, I'm not an expert. Well, if you're not an expert, then why would someone buy your house? But you're, right. you're selling yourself as an expert already. And here's another tip is even if you're a new agent, you don't need to know much. You just need to know 5% more than the buyer. Mm -hmm. If the buyer finds some value, then they're going to buy it from you. And, and it's putting that consistent content in there. Because especially buying like a house, someone's not just going to see something and buy right away. Sometimes the, the sales process takes months or years of nurturing, mm -hmm. right? So go out there and provide content over and over again. And it's, it's about when they, uh, it's about timing. When they need to sell the house, who will think of you? Right. right. I'll give you one more example of like offline content. Uh, and this was back in my other area in Torrance, my old house. This is two brothers. This is a father and son. They're amazing. Every month they put a newsletter in my mailbox. Right. And the newsletter is a two page newsletter, one page about a little, maybe half a page about housing market. I think it was a one pager, half a page about a housing market, a little blurb about the local high school sports teams, and then some fun fact, and then do a raffle. You know, I know so many real estate agents that come, they drop the business cards, they do one newsletter or they do a free cookie and then they stop. But this person for the last, it was five years when I lived there, every single month dropped it. Well, what if I'm going to sell my house? Who am I going to think of? Mm -hmm. Right. So, so the content is really, really important, whether it's offline or online, especially in these days, the content is really your social media profiles. That's your business card nowadays. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Great advice. And that's great for an introvert on uh, just like that if, if it's a mailer um and one of the one of the agents down in la actually that i had interviewed for the podcast uh she owns her own company she had one and um she had opened up a real estate firm in florida as well and she was carting people back and forth you know people leaving california going to florida um and and she was she was talking about that if people stop advertising on benches and billboards and things like that I mean, it could either mean that they're not being effective or that people are starting to shift over to another area, which is making that area more comp competitive so that she's going to start putting some money into this other area, you know? And that's one of the things that I noticed with, with mail-ins, newsletters that you're talking about, is a lot of people stopped doing it. There was a time in the 90s and maybe the 2000s where those mailing mailings were going out a lot. We were getting tons of mail and just <laughs> throwing stuff away, right? But it just, I, I'm not getting, even today, not getting a ton of mail. It's just from normal you know, credit card stuff, uh, you know, whatever, whatever's coming through. Um, so that's, a, that's great advice for, for an introvert. And I do the real estate agents around here. I might get one, I might get uh, maybe about four in a month from different agents, but it's not consistent. And so, which brings me to consistency, right. Um, in, in your book, um, if we're looking at the, the uh, failure. So a lot of people you've talked about in your book, the, the one of the biggest things that they don't want to call on a lead or they don't want to, uh, the, they don't just don't want to call on a lead. If it's calling on a lead or emailing them, whatever, they're afraid of that. The no, right. The, the no saying. So what are your, I mean, you have a few, I mean, your book is filled with all kinds of great stuff, uh, tons of tons of information, but maybe top two or three people that are like that, maybe introverts that are dealing with, trying to, you know, procrastinating, trying to call on leads. So yeah, well, the failure perspective. Yeah. For, well, with, with anything I talk about in my book in the consistency system, you need to number one, have a checklist component. Number one. And number two is you got to create and schedule the time, create a routine. Mm -hmm. So whether it's creating social media content or you are following up with prospects, have a routine. 
you got to have that plan. So generally, the important things that require more courage, more creativity, is when we have high energy. We have good energy. We need to do that. When we're tired, it's like the, res the resistance, the willpower is just not there, right? That's what most people do online shopping or buy junk at, at night because they have no willpower or they eat junk food at night. There's no willpower. So do it in the morning, whatever time you are when you're fresh. So I do all my content in the morning or after I wake up and I take a nap. I take a morning, morning nap. Once I wake up, I do my most important thing. And often that's always sales and marketing. So getting back to, if you're afraid of what people are, you know, you're not consistent with your follow-up. Number one is, the first thing before you do anything, and you know this coming from sports, mm -hmm. is you got to visualize, right? If you're visualizing, oh, man, this guy's throwing 95, he's going to strike me out, you automatically, you lost, you lost the battle, right? You got to visualize hitting the ball. You got to visualize making that sale. Think back to a previous sale. Think back to your previous success you've had, and that gives you confidence because you're thinking the reason why you're procrastinating, you're automatically assuming rejection, mm -hmm. right? And that is totally a fiction. It's not mm -hmm. fact. Right. right now you so assume that they're going to buy assume they're going to buy now that is also fiction but if you're going to assume something that's not true you might as well assume positive because right. positivity doesn't guarantee success but negativity guarantees failure mm -hmm. right? if you could say oh i'm not sure this person's going to buy and you actually reach out to them your excitement is not there your confidence is not there so first of all close your eyes just visualize yourself that person will buy because people do buy houses right that's the fact mm -hmm. people buy houses all the time they buy uh, and think back to your previous sale you had. Maybe capture a moment, change the environment, play a music that inspires you, right? I, I used to talk about that, the environment, the music. Uh, before I speak, I play the same song over and over again. I play ACDC, Thunderstruck. That just fires me up. Even before the show, I'm fired up, right? Mm -hmm. So, and by the way, like I've done over 10,000 speaking engagements, I still get nervous. So before we got on, Joey was like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? What's going to But I play ACDC, Thunderstruck, and now I'm fired up, mm -hmm. right? So put yourself in that phys mental and physical state where you feel good, and then assume they're going to buy, right? And then if they say no, it's like it's their loss, right? There's a couple of things. Number one, they're not saying no to you. They're just the timing is not right. A no doesn't mean never. It's just not, not the right time. Um, go and use that social media, right? Because ultimately, if the timing is not right, ultimately, we're humans, we're emotional, and we people buy from people they know, like, and trust, mm -hmm. right? That's where it comes in. Know, like, and trust. So- I use social media, post stuff that let people know about your kids, let people know about your family. It's not just business, 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 because people don't want that, right? People buy, if it's just about houses, they'll buy from any agent. But why do certain people buy from certain people? Because they have a connection with you. So that's where social media is such a valuable tool. Like if you have a certain thing you like, like I post a lot about baseball. All my followers, right? They all know I'm into baseball. Right. How, let people and I do a lot of baseball, my boys, let people know about these small little things about you, because it's the small things that allow people to connect with you. Right? And talk about consistency. My real estate agent now is awesome. I've been working with her for like five, six years. Uh, she's been wanting me wanting to follow, you know, keep following up with you to buy a house for five, six years. I still, I still haven't bought a house. But you know what she does? She is the ultimate consistent networker. Every Chinese holiday, she brings me some type of dessert. Every birthday, she brings me a cake. And I, I just told my son that, you know, she's the ultimate networker. She's yeah. always following up. Um, she's, you know, if I ever think about a house, I can't think of anyone. I just think of Didi because she is always there. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Great advice uh, for, for the realtor, especially because their business, I mean, they're, they're getting big paychecks uh, a lot. And some in areas they're getting big paychecks like LA and San Diego and the luxury market and things like that. And so it, it's worth the time and energy to put into that and be consistent about that. And like you said, 
having a checklist of, of the, of these people and, and making those kind of the Chinese new year birthdays, kids' birthdays, you know, those kind of thing and, and dropping in didn't even have to be a lot. It could be just a card sending a card out and things like that. I think the, the jewelry company that I bought my wife's ring when we got married, uh, 15, 15 years ago, um, they send me every anniversary, you know, a week before, Hey, your anniversary's coming up. Congratulations. Hey, here's 50, you know, 40% off or, or whatever. So that's great advice. Um, I wanted to talk about one thing that, that I really liked in, in your book that you were talking about, we call it the King's rule. So when you're talking with these people, um, or, or the mindset and the visualization is, you have to approach it from a perspective of you have a service or a product that is really good and that can really benefit this person. Assuming you're not trying to swindle them or grift them or anything like that, but you have a product or service that's really good for them and it could really help them either return on investment or it can help them get a scholarship or whatever it is um, to go into it like, not that I have to get this, like a very desperate type of mindset, but more of um, you know, it's their loss if, if they say no to it. And, it. and that might to some seem like a mean thing, but you're not saying that to them. You're that's just your mindset is that if they say yeah. no, then that's their loss. I'm going to go to the next person. So talk a little bit about that. We, we call it the yeah. king rule, but you, you know, you have a good little description of it in your book. Yeah. You know, it's like, you don't need them, but they need you because mm -hmm. you are unique. This is like, for example, Joey, there's only one and only Joey Meyer. Mm -hmm. Right now. So if, I turned down the opportunity to work with you. It's actually my loss because I missed out on working with you right now. But if I'd said, it's not your loss though, because there's millions of people you can work with, right? So if, you, so if you're a real estate agent listening to this, someone says no to you, it doesn't matter. It's their loss because they got the, they missed out on the chance to work with you while you can have, go out there. Let's find so many buyers out there. Mm -hmm. Now, if you feel that, oh, well, I'm not that special. Then you got to work on yourself internally. What, mm -hmm. what are some additional services, additional things that you can provide that makes you stand out? So you're not a commodity. You're just not another agent, right? Mm -hmm. That's something you got to work on your personal brand. And that's, again, the social media content, all that stuff uh, stands out. Going back to my agent, yeah, she makes my family feel good on all the holidays, all the special dates. That's her special thing, right? So it's, you know, you are unique. If they say no, they're not rejecting you. It's their loss and not yours. And you don't need them, but they need you because you are, there's only one and only you. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. I love that. Um, and, and one last thing before we kind of let people know to get a little bit more information about you. Uh, one, one of the other agents, a good friend of mine, he's local and um, he was talking about this marketing he's, uh, he owns his own company, him and his wife are, uh, own their own company, real estate company. And they talk about this when they're putting their stuff out there on Facebook, because mostly they're on Facebook, I think they do a little Instagram and stuff like that, is they show people, like you said, baseball, like in your, in your Facebook and your social media, they see a lot of baseball. So the, your, your prospective clients, customers are going to see that. And, and that's something that's going to connect you guys. And, and he talks about the same thing where it's, whether it's baseball or whether they're working out because they're big uh, fitness aficionados, right. Um, you know, different things like that. And sometimes people ha are, are scared to, to put it out there. And it could be something is, well, I, I like wine, you know, it's maybe I don't, I, I'm not a lush, but I, I like the taste of it. And that's something that I would, I would uh, put out, but I'm afraid I don't want people to think I'm an alcoholic, you know, things like that. And so sometimes people, they're afraid that they're going to lose somebody, lose a sale, lose a prospective uh, customer because they, because of what they put out there about themselves. What's your advice for those, those kind of people? You know, um, the more you repel, the more you attract. Mm. So, you know, um, be, before people do one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, I have them go out and fill out an online application. And then after 
look at the application and decide whether I want to interview them. And then the second step, I actually interview them. And one of the questions I ask them is, why me? Because in my niche, there's so many great trainers out there. Why me? And generally, I would say a third of the, a third of the, uh, and it's never back, your training is the best. That's probably 5%, 3%. Most of it is because I like your style, right? Because again, my, my, again, that comes, how do they know my style? Because all the content I put out there, my videos, my reels, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my YouTube and my podcast. And number two is because your, your faith. Okay, mm-hmm. I post, you know, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I post mm-hmm. it everywhere. John 316 on every website. I talk about yeah. it every Sunday. I post about God. Mm-hmm. And then because you're a family man, you spend time with your kids doing baseball. Mm-hmm. Right? They, that's what the main answer is. Because it ultimately goes back to what I said. People buy from they know, like, and trust. Right? So mm-hmm. if you like wine, that's awesome. Post that about because you know, yes, you will lose some people, but there's a whole huge tribe. And I know there's millions and millions and millions of people who drink wine, including myself. I love wine. Who say, mm-hmm. Wow, you're cool because you like wine more than beer. I like that. I like that mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. But that's humans, right? We buy from people who know, like, and trust. Yeah. And it's these small things that get people like, Why should I you know, have this person sell my house and sell that? Because I like them better. Because it's about relatable. You become a, instead of just a commodity, you become a relatable human being, someone that that people want to have a relationship with. Love that. Yeah. And I, and I think faith is the, faith is the big one. You know, I think some people have a hard time with the environment that we're in to put their faith out there and be bold and, and be okay with that, you know, and I, and I'm the same, you know, I, you know, I love Jesus. Uh, just saw the, I don't know if you saw the chosen, the, the show, the chosen with, uh, no, not sort- yet. I heard about it. Okay. Check, my, check it out. Source. But uh, yeah, I think people are just scared to, to put that out there, whether they're Muslim or Buddhist or whatever. I'm, you know, you don't, you rarely hear that from people. And I think they're just afraid to repel. You know, um, but that's great. You know, great let, me, let me share something with you, right? Yep. Like this was a couple of years ago because I initially felt like that way. Like if I put my faith, I'm going to lose all these people who are agnostic or not faith. You know, my business doubled mm-hmm. after I posted John 316 mm-hmm. at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Because yes, I lost people, but all the ones who are like, oh, Simon, thank you so much for speaking up. Mm-hmm. The, you become like a... I, I didn't intend to. I became like a hero. So, wow, finally somebody in, my, in our niche that's speaking up, that's bold about the faith. So, yeah, you will lose people, but those are the people who are probably not your type of person, that type of prospect either because they're not similar to you, right? Who's the best lead? Who's the best? It's someone that's similar to you, that can relate to you, that you relate to them and they relate to you and they know you and they, they like you. That's the, best, that's the best lead you can generate. I agree. I agree. Very cool. Well, well, Simon, tell people where they can find you. Uh, if it's website, social media, um, I mentioned the book, you can mention the book. Um, tell people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on social media on Instagram or Facebook as Simon W. Chan. And uh, or you can just go to consistencypill.com. Very cool. Well, let me do a basic uh, just outro here. So if you like this podcast episode, uh, by the way, everybody listening, this is probably the first one that I did this. I learned this from a couple other podcasts at the end to actually ask you to like, review, and or share this podcast. Uh, we really appreciate the, f- the feedback. Um, if you're interested in hearing more about our multimedia marketing events uh, that I mentioned earlier at the beginning, then please visit leadgenerationseoservices.com and click on the marketing events link in the navigation bar to watch a about a three to four minute video overview, give you a good idea on those. So Mr. Simon Chan, you are the author of the new book, The Consistency Pill. And I urge you all to go out there on Amazon or any, any other place where you can find it, the seven step system to increase sales and transform your business. And Simon, thanks again for your time here today. I know you're a busy guy, so wanted to, to get, get you, be respectful of your time. Thanks for having me, Joey. It was a ton of fun. Thank you, sir. All right, stay on.